You know, the tabernacle was prepared on earth, but really it was a shadow. Now we'll talk about that more as we focus on Hebrews chapter 9. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Rod Hember. I'm Janice. And this is Bible Discovery TV, taking you through the Bible from Genesis 1 to Revelation chapter 22. We do that every year and we're very excited about this. Now, today Corey is going to help me and Ryan's going to help me along with you, Janice. Mm -hmm. So with Jim Canelon. Jim, good to see you. Hey, great to be here. So Jim is the founder and the head of a group called WOW, that is Orphans and Widows, Helping Orphans and Widows. We'll talk about that and more coming up. Right now, let's focus our attention on the teaching of the Bible and let's get into it. Hebrews 9, 1-11 Then indeed, Even the first covenant had ordinances of divine service and the earthly sanctuary. For a tabernacle was prepared. The first part, in which was the lampstand, the table, and the showbread, which is called the sanctuary. And behind the second veil, the part of the tabernacle which is called the holiest of all, which had the golden censer and the ark of the covenant overlaid on all sides with gold, in which were the golden pot that had the manna, Aaron's rod that budded, and the tablets of the covenant. And above it were the cherubim of glory overshadowing the mercy seat. Of these things we cannot now speak in detail. Now when these things had been thus prepared, the priests always went into the first part of the tabernacle performing the services. But into the second part, the high priest went alone once a year, not without blood, which he offered for himself and for the people's sins committed in ignorance. The Holy Spirit indicating this, that the way into the holiest of all was not yet made manifest while the first tabernacle was still standing. It was symbolic for the present time, in which both gifts and sacrifices are offered, which cannot make him who performed the service perfect in regard to the conscience, concerned only with foods and drinks, various washings, and fleshly ordinances imposed until the time of Reformation. But Christ came as high priest of the good things to come with the greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is, not of this creation. Hebrews chapter 9, verses 1 through 11. Hebrews chapter 9 and 10 is one of the greatest passages of Scripture because the book of Hebrews is absolutely, the best way to describe it is it's awesome. It is really awesome. You see, the author of Hebrews looks back to the Old Testament of the Jewish scripture, claiming that God had placed symbols in Israel's history that point to Christ. Really? Well, from today's reading, we go to the formation of Israel as a nation right after their exodus from Egypt, about 1500 BC. God had them create the tabernacle at the center of their wilderness camp a place for them to meet with God, a foundation of faith. And the author of Hebrews explains that now, through Jesus Christ, this has been 
fulfilled. That the only way to come to salvation is to come to God through submitting our lives to Jesus Christ. Through him, we receive forgiveness and fellowship with God. We can't just believe that Jesus is the Christ. We also must put him as the Lord of our lives, following him and being obedient to his commands. Did you know that Christ has commands? He does. Recognizing that true belief creates action in our lives. This is crucial for healthy Christian living. One of the commandments that Christ has is love your neighbor and love your enemies. Very interesting, you know, um, as we focus on this personally. Now, how we respond in a nation is different, but personally, that's how we're to respond. So we're going to take a look at the tabernacle and we're going to, and take, take your Bible guide and turn to it. Hebrews chapter nine. If you don't have a Bible guide, call or write or go to Bible discovery TV and uh, it'll take you to a donate page. Thank you so much for that. And then it goes to a place where you can download it as we printed it. So you can have a copy on your computer. Let's pray and ask the Holy Spirit to speak to us from Hebrews chapter nine. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, by the power of your Holy Spirit, I ask that you would teach us your way and show us your paths. Because there are many ways and paths in this world. Let me tell you, they're all over the place. Everybody has a new one. But Father, there is only one path and only one way. That's through Jesus Christ. So teach us your way. Show us your path by looking at chapter 9. Help us to change our hearts and our minds from your word. In the name of Jesus Christ, and we said together, amen. And amen. Make it so, Lord, may it be so. Make it so, Lord, may it be so. That's why we say amen and amen. Anyway, this is Hebrews chapter 9. It's verses 1 through 5. I love it. Watch this. Then indeed, even the first covenant had ordinances of divine service and the earthly sanctuary. For a tabernacle was prepared, the first part in which was the lampstand, the table, and the showbread, which is called the sanctuary. And behind the second veil, the part of the tabernacle, which is called the holiest of all, which had the golden censer and the Ark of the Covenant overlaid on all sides with gold, in which were the golden pot that had manna, Aaron's rod that budded, and the tables of the covenant. And above it were the cherubim of glory overshadowing the mercy seat. Of these things, we cannot now speak in detail. That's fascinating. You see, the tabernacle was prepared as an earthly sanctuary for the presence of God. An earthly sanctuary for the presence of God. Through Jesus Christ, the presence of God dwells in the hearts of those who love and who serve him. Now, this is important to remember. If we love and we serve Jesus Christ, then we have the presence of God available to us and we should change our lives and allow the Holy Spirit to do so because we can't do it on our own. But the Holy Spirit comes in and he takes over and does things. That's very, very important. So keep that in mind. And here we go. Hebrews chapter 9. Verses 6 to 8. Here's what it says. Now when these things had been thus prepared, the priest always went into the first part of the tabernacle, performing the services. 
But into the second part, the high priest went alone once a year, not without blood, which he offered for himself and for the people's sins committed and sins committed in ignorance. The Holy Spirit indicating this, that the way into the holiest of all was not yet made known or manifest while the first tabernacle was still standing. Now, what is that all about? Well, the first tabernacle had human limitations. We now have the Lord Jesus Christ who has no limitations. God has no limitations through Jesus Christ. So we have the more perfect sanctuary. In fact, we are told in the scripture that we will read about still to come that we become the sanctuary because Jesus Christ comes into our hearts and he changes us. And that's the difference between somebody who says they're a Christian and a real Christian. Very important to remember that. Now, let's keep that in mind as we go to the third part of this scripture, which is even more interesting. Hebrews chapter 9, verses 9 through 11. Here's what it says. It was symbolic for the present time in which both gifts and sacrifices are offered, which cannot make him who performed the service perfect in regard to the conscience. Could not make him perfect. Concerning only with foods and drinks and various washings and fleshly ordinances imposed until the time of reformation. Fleshly ordinances imposed until the time of reformation. Verse 11. But Christ came as high priest of the good things to come with the greater and the more perfect tabernacle not made with hands that is not of this creation. Do you see what he's trying to do here? He is simply trying to explain to us that only God can provide a true tabernacle of holiness. Only God can do that. We need to understand what God did through Jesus Christ. Beloved, listen carefully. We can't make anything of any value to God. We can't do anything of any value. But the value to God comes when we surrender ourselves to Jesus Christ, who is God, and we say, Lord, come into my heart, be inside of me. The mercy seat and all of that are now inside of me. Help me, Lord, to live my life according to what you commanded through Jesus Christ. Remember, I told you, Jesus Christ had commands, the commands of Christ. And this is important because we need to understand that. Remember that the law is so orchestrated around fleshly things, but faith is built in Jesus Christ. Now we're going to get into this over the next few days, especially on Monday. But it's important for us to understand that faith in Christ is that which changes us. Believing he died on the cross, believing he rose again in the flesh, and giving your life to him in Jesus' name. Come to the Lord today. Jesus, forgive us of our sins. Jesus, come into our life. And Jesus Christ, be Lord of our lives today. Hi, Rod Hembry. We go through the Bible in one year. It's exciting. It's great. And you can join us by searching Bible Discovery TV on your phone. That's right, on your phone, your iPhone or your Android phone. And when you do so, you'll find the app. You can download the app and watch it anytime you want. Never miss a program right here on 
Bible Discovery TV. We'll see you there. The last few days, uh, we've had our guest Jim Canelon on, and he is the founder and proprietor and the head ministry leader for a group called WOW, Working for Orphans and Widows uh, in the Name of Jesus Christ. And it's really, really amazing and good. And, uh, and as we continue on today, we want to pick up with how he does that. Yesterday, we learned about Teresa and learned about a wonderful woman. I've met her. She's excellent, yeah, Jim. So yeah. welcome to Bible Discovery yeah. TV. But uh, tell us more about this wow thing, helping orphans and widows. How do you help orphans? Uh, let me, let me, I had two picks. I, uh, the, the second pick, uh, the first one's a video to the control room, but the second pick, the little girl with a baby. Mm -hmm. uh, there we go. How old is she? She's 16. Got a baby. Her baby is six or seven months old. Her baby is blind in the left eye. Uh, her boyfriend impregnated her. I mean, I've heard this story thousands of times now over the last 24 years and deserted her. Um, as soon as her mother, who had been deserted by her husband, found out that she was pregnant, she left too. So she's living in this little one-room shack all by herself. Um Totally vulnerable. I mean, what are the chances of the of the the young boy? What what's his chance? It's a little girl. Or a little girl. What's yeah. her chances? Well, no chance. But our volunteers found her uh, a few months ago, and we're now looking after her. And we're not only making sure that she has enough to eat and, and little food for the baby and so on. But uh, we have also decided that we're going to place her in what we call the home of mercy in another rural area. Uh, it's a real huge slum, actually, about an hour outside of Olongwe, Malawi. There's a, a compound that we have built called the home of mercy. And it's a place for young girls who've been sexually abused and also for some widows, young widows who've been sexually abused uh, violently. We have 60 there right now. Some, we've, we've had as high as 90. Uh, they're totally cared for. They're, they're clothed, they're fed, they're educated, they're protected. And uh, this little gal will be there probably for the next 10, 15 years. And her little girl will grow up there, become a teenager and a young woman. Um, when she finally leaves the compound, she will be fully educated and able to engage with the world out there. And by the time she's old enough, she's just six months old now, by the time she's old enough, uh, we're going to do an operation on her, on this cataract on her left eye and remove it and she'll be able to see. Um, but I show you that picture because she represents thousands of what we call child-headed households. Child-headed households. Households that are headed by the child because by the, the parents child, are... By the child. The parents, are, the, the parents have died or they've deserted. And so I, I've seen as many as five little children being cared for and provided for by their 14-year-old big sister. Mm. That little big sister, she's got, I mean, it's, it's overwhelming. 
And, and you know, so what do they do? If they, if, they, if they can't find a few scraps of vegetables or whatever to try to sell in the market, they uh, sell their bodies. And, and it, it becomes, you know, a vicious cycle. And they become HIV positive and, you know, the beat goes on. And so time and again, you know, we're in situations where um, you see these little kids with nothing. They don't know about hope because hope doesn't exist for them. Hope, what's that? Um, and, 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 you know, sometimes it runny noses, sometimes infections in their, you know, their hands, uh, skin diseases, uh, swollen bellies. So with our various ministries, Somebody Cares in Malawi, our ministry, we have two ministries in, in Zambia, one called ICO, Impact Community Outreach in Central Zambia, another one called Creso, which works both in a long way in an urban setting, but are in um, Lusaka in an urban setting, but also in, uh, we have 22 mobile medical clinics out in the, the, the countryside. Um, there we uh, are able to, uh, with church-based volunteers, um, do our best to stem the tide of this sorrow. And we're doing a good job. Um, in Malawi, our uh, gender-based violence program is so successful that the government have taken it up. Hmm. Um, our ministry there, Somebody Cares, is the benchmark for um, NGOs, non-government organizations in Malawi. The president, by the way, uh, Lazarus Chikwera, is an Assemblies of God pastor. Hmm. And um, there's a lot of progress being made in Malawi through the strength of God's love. Um, but it's these orphans that really get to me. And um, because these are the people that God loves. Yeah. Well, you know, and they're also the future. Right? Yeah. And, and they, you know, they are the least of the least of these. Yeah. They're totally powerless. Okay. Now, um, I want to show you a little video here. And I'll explain to you as, as we're watching what, what we're looking at. Um, these are some of our home-based care volunteers mm -hmm. in Malawi. Now they're dancing there, and, and joyfully so, to drums. See the drums? Oh, yeah, there yeah, they are. You don't, have guitar, you don't have guitars there. You've got drums. Mm -hmm. Every one of them in those blue T-shirts is HIV positive. Every one of them was a little person when I met them the first time. Child. Yeah. And now they have no viral load that's detectable because of antiretroviral drugs that are provided by the government. And then we, pro we provide them with something called selenium, which is a, a trace mineral that is a huge immune system booster. And then we've taught them, you know, how to grow their own little gardens and to make sure they're eating leafy greens and root vegetables and so on. And the combination of ARV selenium and good nutrition is basically it's going to give them a full lifetime. They will not die of AIDS. Mm -hmm. But every one of those gals in those blue T-shirts and the, the long skirts are called chitengas are ministering to dying orphans and widows. Every one of them. And uh, some of them um, are walking up to four hours there and four hours back by themselves just to minister to one. Eight hours of walking. Eight hours of walking a day just to care for one patient. And that's why uh, one of the things we're doing, you know, we're providing them with, with funding for food, for medicine, uh, with selenium. Uh, we're providing them with Bible teaching, a lot of that, especially with their young people, which I do. Um, 
but we're um, uh, also providing them with um, bicycles. Mm. I don't have as many bicycles as I need. I mean, 1,500 bikes is a lot of bikes. But um, last year at Christmas, we did a thing called Wrap Up a Bicycle. It was so successful, we're doing it again this year uh, because the, the volunteers cut their travel time by two-thirds with a bicycle. Mm -hmm. Plus, sometimes they have to transport the patient to a clinic that might be three or four kilometers away. They put them on, a, on the carrier on the back of a bike, if you can believe it, and, and, and they take them. And I say, well, how do you do that? I mean, some of these precious women and some of these orphans can't lift their heads off the ground. We take two volunteers standing on the side holding them there. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they actually strap them. The, the rider straps them to his back or her back. And, and that patient is... Like and dead, this is like, an like ambulance transfer. That's an ambulance mm -hmm. transfer. And if that won't work, then what they do is they come up with a few kwacha, which is their money, and they uh, hire a uh, an ox cart. Mm -hmm. An ox cart. That's their ambulance. An ox cart. Them. Ox cart. I remember one time in Uganda seeing a, a, an older woman, rack of, rack of bones. And I say older, she probably was no more than 30, but she looked like she was 70 or 80. Legs dangling, head lolling in a wheelbarrow as her son wheelbarrowed her to a clinic. Amazing. Uh, you know, we, 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 we have no idea. So this Christmas, you're uh, doing this uh, fundamental push on bikes. Yeah. And so, how can people wrap up a bicycle? Can they well, go to they, your website? Yeah, go to, go to our website, wildmission.com. Wildmission yeah, you can also go to at, at, at wildmission, which is our Instagram. But uh, probably wallmission.com, and uh, they can wrap a, a bicycle that way. Um, they, they, they cost about 150 bucks um, Canadian, about 100 bucks American. Uh, but now they've asked us for heavy-duty bikes mm -hmm. because uh, their, their load has mm -hmm. so much increased lately. And so a heavy-duty bike, it, it actually has a brand name, which I won't say on air here, but uh, it's twice. It's 300 bucks for a heavy-duty bike. Um, but... We're going to get as many bikes as we can. Uh, we've already distributed just in the last month uh, 40 bikes to um, our ministry in Central Zambia, but in uh, Malawi they want 80 bikes now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I said, great, $24,000. But um, you know, the, the Lord provides this. Mm -hmm. You know, I, you, you heard me say it a few programs ago. Money follows ministry; it doesn't precede it. One of the things that's interesting, uh, Jim, is that. Uh, it, it's the, because our style, our approach to this is very different than the typical approach yeah. on television. We don't try to exploit no. what we do. We do this because the Bible yeah. tells us to do yeah. this, and it's a great effort. Um, now, we'll talk more about this on the next program, but I want you to also talk about the fact, because you were in Jerusalem, and the, the government of Israel asked you to go there back in 1980. 81. 81. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. And can I just... Before we do that, just make a comment how that you talked about, especially in the story of this young girl, 16, with her six-month-old, where life is just about existence. Mm -hmm. It's just about yeah. trying to survive right. to the next day. And when you bring the hope and the love of Christ... Yeah. It changes everything. Yeah. It changes everything. You see, this is the thing. Maybe we'll talk about Israel next show. Because yeah, okay, I, I, we'll I, I got to respond to this. Um, unfortunately, here in North America, 
I won't speak for Europe because we're not in Europe. We're in North America right now. Um, faith in Jesus is a kind of a an add-on. It's a kind of a yeah. style. It's sort of a luxury. It's it's something we do for an hour and a half on Sundays, you know. Um, and we would never say this, but the way we live, it's almost as though we can take it or leave it. Yeah. Because because we we are basically self sufficient. We are independent. We don't need the Lord for anything. Yeah. Okay. In these areas of stricken sub-Saharan Africa, if Jesus isn't there, life isn't there. Yep. Literally. Yeah. Literally. Like they 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 are totally dependent on the love of God, mm. and that and that's why you know we're received there with such overwhelming joy mm -hmm. because we are symbols to them and they, they know that we're you know by god's grace the funds are coming through us but um they know that we're we're merely the hands and feet of jesus that's all we are we're just we're just servants we're you know we're not um, heaven sent messengers um and they they recognize with gratitude huge gratitude that's why they're singing and drumming and dancing and creating dust balls. <laughs> uh, that if it weren't for Jesus, they wouldn't be alive. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, when your personal faith in Christ means that, then it's a 24-7 relationship. Yes. Mm. Yeah. That's yeah. how it's supposed to be for yes. us. Yeah, yes. instead of an hour and a half on Sundays. It should be very offensive to us in, in this culture. Uh, where if someone finds out we're a Christian, they're surprised. Yeah. That should be very offensive. But I, but that's sadly quite normal. Yeah. On the next program, we'll talk about this and we'll talk about Jerusalem yeah. and Israel because it's very important. So make sure that you stay with us on tomorrow's program. Well, I have an Android phone, but some people have iPhones and they are great. And you can get the app that shows the programs on your phone, like I have. It's absolutely free. Just go to your store and just pick it up, no problem. All right, let's pray. Father, help us today. Help us today. Help your healing agent, your light in this dark world. Shine through me and help us through these times. In Jesus' name, amen.